A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Mint is something I grow in little containers, maybe just enough to add to a drink or something. But in Endeavor, Wisconsin, at Gums Muck Farms, there are acres of mint. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Richard Gums is the fourth generation on the farm. He's here to tell me about the mint he grows, and it's not all used to garnish drinks. Uh, we grow both peppermint and scotch spearmint. Most of our acreage is devoted to uh, peppermint. In 2022, we'll have about 600 acres of peppermint that is grown for the essential oil. So we do the processing on the farm, steam distillation. That oil then will be used for flavorings throughout the world. That 600 acres, is that more this year than in years past, or does it stay about the same? The acreage this year will be our lowest that we've probably had in, in decades. In Wisconsin, we've had as, had as much as uh, uh, 16 to 1,700 acres of mint. Usually then it was devoted to scotch and peppermint. This year, we have very little scotch. What's the reason for that? Just low demand or other reasons? It's all economics. Uh, the uh, scotch market is priced uh, fairly poorly right now. It's uh, growing in other parts of the, of the of North America, whether it's Canada or the far west, uh, growing states of uh, Washington, Oregon, Idaho. And they can double cut some of it and get uh, larger yields. So they're able to take a, a lower price. Peppermint is a little more regional in its uh, flavor, so there's better demand for a peppermint in the Midwest because it has a, a distinct flavor that, even though it's very similar to other growing regions, it, it, it does have its own uh, distinctness. Mint is only grown in the Midwest in three states, uh, Michigan, Indiana, and Wisconsin, and then the other large growing region is the Pacific Northwest. These areas have their own distinct flavors. Why is that? Is, the, is it the weather here that makes it ideal for mint? It, it is the growing conditions. The day length at the time that the uh, oil is being formed in mid to late July and, and August is good for that. And, and then it is, it's the growing conditions. The warmer days, cooler nights uh, lead to also different uh, flavor components. So when does the mint season begin for you? The mint season begins at uh, planting in early April while the, the uh, roots are dormant because we plant by the root. It, it, mint is a sterile plant, does not produce seed. We use uh, roots or stolons to propagate a, a new field. We'll take from an old, a healthy older field and, and start a new field. And then uh, it grows throughout uh, May and June and it's harvested in starting mid-July uh, through the end of August harvest is very similar to alfalfa hay where you swath it but you don't uh, use a crimper you allow it to cure and, and then we actually chop it into enclosed homemade wagons that are the, actually the cooking vessels and that's that's what it uh, is cooked in we're just taking the above ground growth the leaf has uh, contains the oil the oil glands are on the underneath side of the leaf so the the leaf is the important ingredient we're looking at a, at a wet weight of, of maybe uh, 10 to 11 tons per acre and then cured down to, to maybe 50% uh, of that for, for when we're chopping and uh, actually harvesting.
mint is a perennial. It'll grow in the same field for almost as long as you allow it to. We only allow a field to stay in mint usually four to maybe five years so that we can have a good rotation and minimize diseases and, and pests. What's the ideal weather then for, for mint at this time of year? It likes heat all the time. Warmer weather, warmer spring gets it off to a better start, keeps it progressing. It, it enjoys heat, but it also enjoys some moisture. So it, it's got to have adequate rainfall. Usually in Wisconsin, we have enough, enough rainfall to, to support a mint crop unless you're on the lighter ground, then the irrigation might be necessary. But most of the mint has in the past been grown on heavier, lower fields that have adequate moisture usually. Now, I got a question about your inputs now. Have you been able to get enough fertilizer, any kind of pesticide? Much of the fertility programs uh, mimic corn uh, fertility-wise, so we're using a fair amount of uh, potash and then some phosphate and, and, and nitrogen, of course. The inputs have been available, just quite a bit more expensive. That's going to be the little bit of a pinch on some of the uh, revenues for the mint this year because mint is usually grown by contract. There is some indexing to the contracts, but it's going to be marginal on on profitability on mint this year because of the costs of the inputs, whether it is fertilizer, herbicides. There are very few herbicides and and other uh, pesticides labeled on mint, but most of those are available. There hasn't been any issues that that we've experienced uh, just ordering ahead and be sure that everything is in place. So as you said, 600 acres this year, lowest that you've had, what would it take to get you to plant more acres of mint? Price. And price comes from demand. One of the issues is the demand for North American flavorings. For example, 20 years ago, there was about 11 million pounds of peppermint oil sold in the United States. Today, there's about three and a half million pounds for 2021 was sold in the United States. So we're a third of what we were 20 years ago. That is because of components coming in that end users are using to make cheaper blends. The North American mint oil is a very high quality, very robust, very intense mint flavor that lasts whether it's used in uh, Wrigley's chewing gum or Colgate toothpaste. It's a very intense, enjoyed flavor. You can make a cheaper flavor that doesn't last as long or doesn't taste as good, but it's about economics. And and if, if the price of mint oil were better, there's a lot of capacity to grow more mint and there would be more mint acres uh, in, in uh, Wisconsin and the U S all right, I want to jump back on another thing you mentioned, rotating the fields as a way to manage pests and disease. What are some other ways that you guys manage pests and disease? And I guess, what are those that, that impact the mint crop? Well, one of the uh, pests is, is a, a flea beetle that uh, lays eggs in the, in the fall of the year in the mint crop, and then uh, the, the larval chew on the root system in the, the following year and really uh, depletes the energy in the crop. We uh, use a insecticide treatment after harvest to control the flea beetle, and and that's a fairly straightforward and fairly simple and and cost-effective method. The uh, disease that is most prevalent in mint is verticillium wilt, and that is a disease that uh, lives in the soil. 
and is uh, carried from field to field, and it, it mint is a host for that. So keeping the uh, machinery clean, keeping uh, the field in, in short duration of mint will allow for less buildup because it, once it's in the soil, it lasts for many years. We are able then, once we rotate out of mint, to leave it out of mint for maybe as many as six to eight years before we come back with another rotation of mint. Richard, can you walk us through the processing and the steaming that you put the mint through? The processing uh, begins at harvest with uh, the chopping of the haylage into our enclosed wagons, and we take them to a central distilling location where we inject high-pressure steam into pipes that are on the floor of the, the wagon that disperse the steam throughout the load of, the, of hay. Those steam vapors rise through the, the hay, vaporizing the oil, and we then collect the steam vapors through a, a pipe in the top of the tub or a, a condensing tube out of the top of the tub that the steam vapors and oil vapors travel. When we condense those back into a liquid form, then we separate the oil from the, the water, and it's the oil that we actually put into 55-gallon uh, galvanized drums. That is the product that leaves the farm. Mint oil has a shelf life almost unlimited if it's not exposed to oxygen. So we can store oil for three, four, five years real easily. Eight to 10 years is not a problem either. It's, a, it's almost a clear liquid, very intense flavor that is then shipped to a buyer that will blend different formulations for different end-user needs. You mentioned Wrigley's gum and Colgate toothpaste. Is that where it goes? About 70% of the Midwest production goes to one of those two end-users. Give me the 2022 outlook. I know it's early, but has the weather been cooperating so far? What do you anticipate for your harvest? I would say, yes, the 2022 is, is a little slower start. But that's okay in that when the mint roots wake up, they'll be off and and growing. We had a fairly good winter for overwintering. The rootstock is in pretty good condition. There's some some decay, but that occurs usually uh, in most all years. We didn't have the snow cover, which is generally uh, very acceptable for overwintering of the mint. But the roots made it through pretty good. We're looking forward to a, a fairly normal normal harvest and normal growing year at this point. Richard Gums says the mint harvest smells amazing. Their neighbors love them for it. Talk about your specialty crop. Gums Muck Farms is a proud member of the Something Special from Wisconsin program. If you'd like to learn more about how they farm mint, you can visit gumzfarmswi.com. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.